welcome to Not So Aloney, the show where I, Aloney, hang out with a friend, and together we make stuff. This week, we got another table read. I decided that I was going to write a backstory for Celestia and read that here, but looking back on it, there's too much for it to just be a table read. So instead, we might revisit it in a couple of Testers and Jesters episodes and maybe play a game of her escaping the pit as sort of a ghost-like figure. I think that could be more interesting than just writing some short story about how she kicked a lot of ass to get out. It just seems like a waste. And there isn't enough of a character there to really give her a good enough story. So I thought I might put that on the back burner for a later episode. So instead, I gotta make a different table read. And I thought, I have a couple of old stories based on previous D&D games that I never got to make into audio plays. A long time ago, I made a video called Rigs in the Fallen, which was sort of the first ever real table read. And I have a couple more stories from back then. So I thought, since I don't have anything this week, instead of not doing a table read, I'd read this different story instead. So enjoy The Edge of Death. In a distant future, far from any of our heroes, there is a land called Bale's Eve, a bustling jewel of stone, steel, and prosperity. A land where every corner of dirt has been mapped, every cave, every lake, every lost and forgotten corner of the seas, mapped, cataloged, and defended. Gunpowder has taken over, explosive rounds of metal and heat, fired with no care, lakes of ash and pits of bone, peppered across the countryside. Trenches deeper than any man should dig. A never-ending desert between two large trenches. If you turn your head, you could see the calm, serene forests. As if this world had forgotten this land with no men. A young man sits hunched over, sitting, staring at his father's pocket watch. Engraved on the inside are words. To Danvar Carrick, keep your brother safe. Sitting next to him is a scrawny, smiling boy whose helmet covers his eyes, his uniform two sizes too large, draped over him like a poncho. The two boys sit as the soldiers walk past. You have to pay attention. Nothing's happening. We're just sitting here. No, we're never just sitting here. Look at where we are. We're in the land of no men. People don't leave this place. We'll leave this place though, right? Not if you don't pay attention. The two boys sit in silence as they hear large footsteps from around the sandbag-covered corner. Two large men, larger than any man should be, covered in massive armor that seems impossible to craft. Scalfar stared at the impressive men walking by, holding weapons larger than them, seared to metal and riveted with old rusty spikes. Are large badges with writing below and above, paladin core, with Alamaeus's light we protect. Wow, look at those guys. They gotta be strong. Well, one day, that'll be us. Just like mom and dad. Are you sure? I don't even fit in these clothes. It's destiny. Our family is meant to fight. Alamaeus loves us. As they sit, cannons sound like thunder in the distance. The sandbags next to them explode. Dust covers the brothers and a noise rings out. Suddenly, everything is silent. The sky is black with ash. They should hear the sound of horns but their ears are bleeding. Scalfar screams, but no sound escapes him. He feels so much fear. His brother was right. He should pay more attention. 
Danvar grabs him and screams something to him. But there's no sound. He pulls him up, points at the alcove ahead. The two run. There is no sound from their feet. They don't hear the hundreds of guns and cannons firing around them. They don't see the soldiers dying. They don't want to see it. All they see is the alcove and each other. Scalfar trips over a man's corpse. He falls into the viscera on the ground. Drenched in blood, he sees what is around him. The dead. Dozens of dead men, some no older than he is. As he looks up, he sees a young man, not much older than his brother, staring down the barrel of a rifle. Glazed over eyes and anger across his brow. Is this what will happen to us? Scalfar thought. The boy stood with no empathy, hollow and empty from the war he had lived through, pointing at Scalfar. All Scalfar can see is the pocket watch around his neck. It looks just like ours. As the rifle fires, Scalfar believes that he is dead, but a bright, holy light appears before him. The heated metal from the rifle ricochets and hits the boy who fired it. Standing before him is a paladin, hammer in hand, ready to strike. The second paladin runs up behind him and throws him over his shoulder. As he runs to the alcove, Scalfar can see the man who saved him, surrounded by soldiers, each firing wildly, every shot ricocheting and melting before it touches him. The man laughed as he ran at the men hammer in hand, bashing them head by head, body by body, breaking bones and smashing armor, laughing as he destroyed them one by one. Scalfar hit something soft, a cot. He looked up. The paladin who saved him spoke. He couldn't understand. He held his glowing hand out and touched his ears. A bright light, a warm glow, the sound of angels. Scalfar could hear again. As he turned, he saw his brother. Are you okay? I'm fine. The paladin stared at Scalfar with some confusion. He looked familiar and a little sad. He looked to Scalfar and told him, Things are going to change for you. Things are going to change for all of us. As Scalfar looked out of the hole in the alcove, he realized he was in the bunker. He must have lost some time in the chaos. In the distance, a bright purple light struck the ground. He could feel his brother's hands cover his eyes. Don't look! The light was so bright, he could hear it through his hands. All sound escaped them as it whirled toward the blast. Purple waves of light shot out in all directions, emanating from the center of the blast. Scalfar looked back to the trench with all the dead. The purple exploded into lightning and surrounded the remains of the dead. Go! Go! yelled the paladin. Now! Take your brother and go! Danvar grabbed his brother, threw his arm over his shoulder, and the two ran as the sounds of the dead began to call out. In this moment, Scalfar knew what he needed to do. He needed to follow his family's footsteps. The end. So there you have it. This is a much shorter episode than normal, but I wrote that a while back and I really liked it. And I thought, I thought instead of just making up some dumb little story that matches the D&D game, I thought I'd put out some real writing. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you can, rate, review, subscribe, give Apple and YouTube a reach around, do all the stuff that they want you to do in order to show that you support us. And as always, thanks for listening. Bye.